Good morning. This morning we're going to learn from the shepherds. Does that sound like a good plan? We heard about them already. And you've heard most of the text of my sermon as well. I'm going to read it to you again. We're going to read it. I'm going to keep it in the King James Version so that those of you who are memorizing it don't get confused. And uh, we're going to read from Luke chapter 2. I'll read verses 8 through 20. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. For all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. This is the word of the Lord. Now, the first thing that we learned from the shepherds this morning is to make sure to go to work when you're supposed to. It's not my first point, but it's the first thing we learned from the shepherds. Because can you imagine being the guy who skipped work that night? Forty years later. They're still talking about it, and he's still kicking himself. The shepherds were faithfully doing the work God had given them to do. And so that's, that's the first thing that we can learn from them. But actually, that's just a freebie, because you're only allowed to have three points in a sermon, and I didn't want that to be one of them. So, uh, <clears throat> so the, first, the first point is actually uh, the first thing that we learn from the shepherds is to fear. That's what we see the shepherds doing when the angel shows up. So they're at work and this messenger shows up from God. That's what an angel is. It just means messenger. And it's obvious that the shepherds, they understand who this messenger is because they fear. In fact, it says they were sore afraid. Now... The Greek, I'm going to read you, I'm going to read you three Greek words. The Greek for they were sore afraid is epobethesan, phobon, megan. You might recognize mega in there. They were mega scared. 
right? And maybe some of the newer translations uh, that say they were terribly frightened are easier for us to understand today than they were sore afraid. But <clears throat> I tried to translate it, and I don't know Greek well enough to say my translation is better, but I think that it gets at the gist of it a little bit more. My translation says, and they were all wishing they'd brought a change of pants that night. Because they were really, really scared. That's what those words communicate. It's not that they were sort of scared. It's they were really, really scared. Now, why were they so scared? You might think that it's because there's some being appearing out of nowhere. But that's not why they were scared. They were shepherds. Shepherds out in the fields at night. And shepherds are in the fields at night to protect the sheep from people who show up out of nowhere. So that's not why they were scared. Now, that would scare me, and it would probably scare you, but these guys aren't scared by people showing up out of nowhere. They're not scared by animals showing up out of nowhere that are going to attack their sheep. They're not going to be scared just because some guy is there. That's not what they were scared about. Then what were they scared about? Well... They were scared because this wasn't just any messenger. This was a messenger from God. And we know that different messengers produce different responses in us. We can think of the uh, messenger that would be our secretary at work coming in and handing us a piece of paper compared to the messenger who's an officer in the United States Armed Forces coming to your door when your son is in Iraq. It's going to produce a different feeling, isn't it? Different messengers produce different responses. In the one case, you have great dread the moment you lay eyes on the messenger. In the other case, You're not likely to give it a second thought. Part of that is because we know what the message, we have an expectation of what the message is going to be. If it's your secretary, it's going to be something like Bob called. He wants you to call him back. Right? It's pretty trivial. But we expect dreadful news from the officer on our doorstep. The other thing about messengers, though, is it really matters who sent them. And we've known this from the time that we were kids. You kids know that it matters who sent a messenger, right? If your brother comes outside and tells you, you got to come inside now. How do you respond? Says who? It matters, doesn't it? If it's your mom, that's one thing. If it's just that your brother wants to play with your skateboard, that's another thing entirely. So who the messenger is sent from makes a big difference. If it's your mom that sends the messenger, well, that's a message with some authority. 
And you might be scared to ignore that message. And you might be scared about what that message might mean. Am I in trouble? She did tell me to clean my room. I didn't do that. I better go inside. But the messenger sent from, to the shepherds was from God. And so the little bit of fear that you might have when you get a message from your little brother saying that mom says it's time to go inside now pales in comparison to the fear of a messenger showing up from God. And what was their expectation? What did the shepherds expect to hear from this messenger? They expected to hear that the judgment had come, that their time was over, and that they were about to be judged by the most holy, pure, sinless, all-powerful God who can't abide sin being in His presence. Messenger comes to sinful men from God. That's what they expect. Now, if you read Luke chapter 1, you also see messengers coming to other people. And without exception, their response is the same. Without exception, the first thing the angel has to say to them is, do not fear. Because without exception, they're scared. Mary, Joseph, Zechariah, the shepherds, the angel comes to all of them. And in all cases, the first thing the angel has to say is, don't be scared. But is their fear inappropriate? No. Their fear isn't inappropriate. All through Scripture, we're commanded to fear God. And the shepherds knew this. They were Jews, and they were familiar with these passages. I'm going to read you four different verses. This is Deuteronomy 12. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God? To walk in all his ways and love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Can you imagine that thought going through the shepherds' minds as the angel appears before them? Psalm 33, 8. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Proverbs 3, 7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And then back in Deuteronomy 31, verse 12, it says, Assemble the people, the men and the women and children and the alien who is in your town so that they may hear and learn and fear the Lord your God and be careful to observe all the words of this law. Now, with these kinds of commands, it shouldn't be surprising that these men are terrified because they know the commands. They recognize, as we should recognize, that none of us has been obedient to God's law. Every one of us has been disobedient in many ways. And if you think you've been doing all right, 
in keeping the law. Then Jesus comes and explains what the commands in God's law means. In Matthew 5, he says, You have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not commit murder. Now, were the ancients told that they shall not commit murder? Yeah, they were. You have heard that the ancients were told you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. That's an explanation of what it means when the law says you shall not murder. Later on in that same passage, he explains what the command you shall not commit adultery means. I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And as if those explanations weren't enough, he ends the passage with, Therefore, you are to be perfect, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Even there, he doesn't let us off the hook. He could have just said, Therefore, you are to be perfect. That would have been handy, right? Because then we could have defined perfect in whatever way we wanted. And by perfect, he obviously meant not quite perfect. Because that's a lot easier. But no, he qualifies it. Not in the way we would qualify it, but he qualifies it with, you are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And so we underestimate God's commands. We underestimate his law most of the time. And so did the shepherds. But this angel comes from God and the shepherds see something new that they haven't seen before. They see a perfectly sinless being come directly from the presence of God, shining in holiness with God's glory, bathing the scene. And what's their response? For the first time, they begin to understand the command to fear the Lord. So that's the first lesson that we have. Fear the Lord. Each of us here has a lot to learn about fearing the Lord. But some of us here today don't have any fear of God. You might believe in Him, but you can believe in God without having any fear of Him. Everything about your life is self-centered. And an attempt to get what you want. Even your obedience to God's commands is an attempt to get what you want. You don't really care for his rules, but they can be handy to follow sometimes. You don't love him and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. You honor your father and your mother, but only so that you won't get kicked out. You curb your anger, but only because it's embarrassed you sometimes. 
you submit to your boss when he's watching so you can get a promotion. But what about when he's not there? Complain, ignore his instructions, cut corners. Oh, yeah. We like to think that we're obedient. That's not obedience, because that's not fearing the Lord. We don't visit adult bookstores. That's because we know that everyone would think of us. And plus, it's a lot easier just to use the computer, isn't it? You might have godly parents. They raised you and taught you right from wrong before they taught you right and left. That doesn't mean you fear the Lord. If you don't fear the Lord... You are living in rebellion against him, and you are his enemy. Matthew 25 explains to us, describes to us what it will be to face the Lord when he comes again. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, and you think it was scary for the shepherds to see one angel, Then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And at the end, then he will also say to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Those words are calculated to cause us to fear. There's nothing else you can say those words are to do but to cause us to fear, to cause us to desire to know for sure whether we are on the left or on the right, whether we are a sheep or a goat, whether we will receive the blessing of the Father or be cast into the eternal fire. And this morning might be the first time that you're thinking about that might be the first time that you've realized that God is holy and perfect and sinless and that you are not. Maybe this morning can be the first time that you can be described as fearing the Lord because you heard your own sins described earlier. Others of you do fear the Lord And you still heard your sins described earlier. And you recognize how far you are from fulfilling God's law. Some of you have been struggling with this question. Maybe for years, some of you. Is it possible that I could be forgiven by God 
a righteous judge? Is that possible? Maybe you find yourself discouraged in the struggling against sin. Now, the shepherds feared the angel of the Lord when he came. Because they expected him to bring news of the righteous judgment of God. What did they actually hear? The angels said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. So, for those of you who fear the Lord today, let me read to you what the angel says. This is only for the people who fear the Lord, because it doesn't make sense to start it with fear not. Unless you're already afraid. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, some of you are adrenaline junkies. And normally, if you saw an angel and were scared to death, you'd get an adrenaline rush like no other adrenaline rush you'd ever had in your entire life. The shepherds got one-upped. Because all of a sudden, after the good news is proclaimed, they have a multitude of angels there. A multitude of the heavenly hosts. And what were they there for? Just to praise God about the glorious, wonderful news that that angel had brought into the world. Just to praise God. So what's the second point? What's the second lesson that we learn from the shepherds? Well, we just read what they did after they heard the message, right? They heard the message, and what did they do? They believed it. Fear the Lord, and then hear the message of the angel. Good news of great joy. A Savior has been born in Bethlehem. Believe the message. It is good news. It's cause for great joy. We can tell they believed the messenger because right after the angels left, what did they do? They acted. They acted on that message. Right? Now, it's possible to believe a message, but still not to act. Still not to go check it out. Right? If you think back to uh, the messenger being your little brother coming outside saying, Mom says, come inside now. You've got a choice. You've got the choice whether to believe him. And then you've got the choice whether to act. 
on that message. The shepherds didn't just hear, they believed. And they didn't just believe, they acted on that message. Now, let's think about what that message was. The message was that God, in order to glorify himself, sent his son to earth. He was born in Bethlehem to Mary. And why did he come? He came to make peace between God and the men who fear him. That was why Jesus came. That's why he was born. We're celebrating Christmas, the coming of Jesus. Why did he come? He came to make peace between God, holy and righteous judge, and sinful men who fear him. And the beauty of it is that that message is still for us today. It says so. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And so this message wasn't just meant for the shepherds, wasn't just meant for the Jews. It's for all people. It's the message of salvation, forgiveness of sins. Jesus came in order to die and pay the penalty for our sins so that we could be forgiven. And there is an opportunity presented by him to be at peace with your maker. And what are we learning from the shepherds? Believe the message, but don't just believe it. Act on it. Test it. They went to Bethlehem to check it out and see whether the message was real. They believed it. They believed it enough to act. They went to Bethlehem and they checked it out and they found that it was true. Let me give you some more of the message. Some more commands from God for us to check it out. See whether what he says is true or not. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O oh, Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O oh, house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, the small together with the great. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For to those who fear him, there is no want. You'll want not for nothing. 
Taste and see that the Lord is good. This is the message. This is the promise. Test it. See if what he says is true. This goes for all of us here. Whether we've been in the church our whole life, whether we've grown up fearing the Lord, or whether this is your first time in a church this morning, this is your first time hearing this message of good news. To all of us, the command is, taste and see. Fear the Lord. Trust Him. And what is the outcome? The outcome for the shepherds is, they see that the message is real, that the message is true, that they can trust the message of God. And so what is the third thing that we learn from the shepherds? What did they do after they tasted and saw that the Lord was good and that his message was true? We've already read about it a couple times. What did they do? They went out glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And it had been just as they had been told. Just like they had been told is how they found it. And so they went out glorifying and praising God. And so we're going to sing joy to the world at the end of this service. And that will be us glorifying and praising God because we have seen, we have tasted. We've just gone through Thanksgiving. We've been practicing, coming up with things to be thankful for. Right? Isn't that what Thanksgiving is all about? Being thankful? And so you all listed things. Maybe you wrote them in your journal. Maybe you spoke them out loud. Maybe you told people. Maybe you didn't. That you're thankful for. The Lord is gracious. Are you thankful for it? If you are, then praise Him. Glorify Him. Go out from here. Glorifying God. Sing joy to the world. Mean it. Because it is good news, joy, peace with God our Maker. But that's not all the shepherds did when they left. Might be easier for us here if that is all they had done. But that's not all they did. What else were the shepherds doing? I want an answer. What else were the shepherds doing when they left? I want a loud answer. What else were the shepherds doing? When they went back to their flocks, what were they doing? They were telling everybody. They were telling everybody. How can we go out having just sung joy to the world today and not tell others? It doesn't make any sense in the world. Do we think that this is joyful, good news? Of course. That's why we sing joy to the world. Then why would we not tell others? 
You go out from here joyfully proclaiming, glorifying to God. And you tell everybody. You tell everybody. That's what the shepherds did. They were fearing the Lord. They heard the message and they believed it. And then they went out. Glorifying God, telling everybody. And everybody got the whole story because it was exciting. It was good news. It was good news to be proclaimed to everybody. And we have that news. I've given you the news. You have the news. So as you go out, tell others. It's the most natural thing in the world to tell others the good news. That you're excited and that you've just finished singing in excitement, glorifying God. Tell others. And here's what you tell them. Repent. And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and believe. Be baptized. And then the promise. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray.